Thank you, Jerome. Good morning, church. We're so glad you're here with us today. If you're a guest, we're especially glad to have you with us. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, that is, Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Repentance is a word that doesn't necessarily rule off the tongue with much gusto. It's fun to talk about words like love and peace and joy and hope and grace. Those words kind of make you feel all fluttery and glittery on the inside. Repentance, though, is a different story. It's not a light-hearted word. If anything, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable and awkward. Just ask the Old Testament prophet Jonah. God spoke to Jonah and gave him orders to go deliver a message to the people of Nineveh. Jonah's like, all right, sure, God, what do you want me to, to preach to him? A little love, a little joy, a little hope, a little grace, a little peace. No, Jonah, I want you to go deliver a message of repentance to Nineveh. Repentance? Are you serious? Repentance is not a fun word. Imagine if God ordered you to go deliver a message of repentance to Las Vegas, the city of sin. Or perhaps New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Imagine... If God said, go deliver a message of repentance to ISIS. It's no wonder that Jonah ran away. Repentance is not a lighthearted word. Because it kind of places demands on people. It says, hey, kind of got to make some changes in your life. Jesus, while he did preach love and grace and peace and hope and joy... And he preached a lot of that. One of his primary messages was that of repentance, that of change. I don't know if you've noticed or experienced this yourself, but change can be a difficult process. King Henry VIII, I don't know if you can picture a picture of him. He was kind of short and stocky. I don't have one on the screen to show you, but um, he wore this big gold chain around his neck with a medallion right in the center. On that medallion was an inscription that said, I prefer to die 
rather than change my mind. Many people have a difficult time with change, especially if it's making a deep personal change in their lives. But that's the kind of message that Jesus brought to people that he encountered. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, he says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 4 describes Jesus's preaching ministry. Chapter 4, verse 17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, quote, repent for the kingdom of God is near. When Jesus sent out his 12 disciples on a mission trip, he gave them a message to preach. Mark chapter 6, verses 8 through 12 says, These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. In the book of Acts, we find the disciples carrying on this message of repentance to people. Then we find the Apostle Paul in his letters preaching repentance. And then Jesus, in the book of Revelation, hits the seven churches of Asia with a message of, well, you see where I'm going, repentance. Repentance is found throughout the Bible. And if it was important to Jesus and his disciples, then it's important for us today. By the way, if you're not sure what repentance means, if you're not real clear on that, just let me make it clear. Repentance is when a person humbles herself, admits some wrongdoing, and makes a sincere change in their life, turning to God instead of their way of doing things. Repentance can be from one sin or it can be from an entire lifestyle that does not honor God. So it's not easy telling somebody that they need to change, especially in a culture like we have where we say, hey, you know, who am I to tell you what to do? You should be the expert on your own life. You need to do what you need to do. Who am I to tell you what to do? So it takes kind of some guts. Um to do this, and it takes wisdom and tact. Both the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter say that Christians should, should speak with humility and gentleness when they're talking to non-Christians. So this leads us to our scripture for today. And what I want to focus on is the parable of the lost coin. This woman trying to find this lost coin. It's all about... Repentance, at least a large portion of it, is about repentance. Jeff, last week, uh, gave a lesson on the, the parable of the prodigal son in the same chapter, Luke 15. And, and he focused a lot on grace. He did a great job on that. Today, I'm going to focus on repentance. Before we get too deep into the parable of the lost son, uh, let me just kind of set the stage a little bit. We have Jesus talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were... Jesus's primary opponents in the New Testament, the Pharisees kind of held themselves in high regard. They were they viewed themselves as better than everybody else. They had high standards for other people. They had self-made rituals and rules and traditions. Um, 
they kind of thought of everybody else as kind of gross and unclean. In other words, they kind of made it difficult for people to repent. Jesus, on the other hand, made it easy for people to repent. And oftentimes, he was caught hanging out with the very people that the Pharisees thought were kind of unclean, filthy people. Tax collectors and sinners. So here in Luke 15, the Pharisees find Jesus hanging out with these unclean people. And they say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, for the Pharisees to eat with somebody considered a sinner was a big no-no. How can you dip your bread into the same bowl as a sinner? And not only that, you take that bread and you eat it and ingest it into your system as if... Right. So Jesus's response to these Pharisees includes this parable of this woman trying to find her lost coin. Lately, at the Turner household, it seems like we've been losing things left and right. Um, We've lost anything from pacifiers to channels on the TV. The weather was pretty nice a couple weeks ago, and uh, Alicia and I decided it would be a good idea to go fishing. Well, I look and I look and I look all throughout the house, and I can't find my tackle box anywhere. And I'm getting to the point where I'm frustrated. I can't find it. So Alicia joins in, and she's helping me search. And finally, we find it. It was inside of a cooler. Um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's where it was. Um... So next, I'm looking for a football um, just a couple days later to take to a picnic that our small group is having. So I'm looking high and low for this football. I've got the flashlight out in the basement looking in every dark spot. I become frustrated and Alicia joins in and we're looking for this football. But we never found the football. There was no football played at our small group picnic. Finally... When we arrive home from this picnic that we had, Alicia discovers that she's missing an earring. Now, the tackle box, not too big of a deal to lose that, but I'm glad that we found it because I like to fish. Um, The football, you know, I'm not losing much sleep over its unknown whereabouts. But this earring of Alicia's is a different story. You see, Alicia's late mother gave her these earrings as a present for graduation. And ever since I've known Alicia, there hasn't been a day that's gone by where I have not known Alicia to wear these earrings. Sometimes there are tender emotions attached to otherwise inanimate objects. And that's okay. It's just a part of the way that God has blessed us to be emotional creatures. Alicia looked all over the the house for this earring. She retraced her steps, looked high and low, but nothing. No luck. Then the next day, I receive a text message on my phone with a picture attached. And it's of Alicia's lost earring, now found. We don't know how it got there, but it was in one of her house slippers. When it fell out of her ear... Its landing spot was in one of her slippers. I don't know how it got there. 
But I received this text message that had several exclamation marks representing the joy that Alicia had because she found something very important to her that was lost. You see, when joy happens, it can't be kept to yourself. It must be shared with other people. This, Jesus says, it's what it's like in heaven when a sinner repents. Now, what we get in this parable of the lost coin is we get a glimpse into the emotions of heaven itself. There are powerful emotions attached to repentance here on earth and in heaven, especially in heaven. First, we have the woman who is carefully and diligently searching for this lost coin. And this is our first emotion. Losing something is frustrating. Houses at the time that Jesus told this parable were very small. If they had windows at all, the windows were very small. So houses were not well lit. Uh, The floors were of compacted dirt, maybe stone. In fact, a few stone floors um, have been excavated from this era. And even a few small coins were found in the cracks between the stones of the floor. The woman is basically racking up her utility bills. Um, She's burning more oil than normal. She's burning, burning more wicks than normal in her lamp. She's down on her hands and knees, searching for this coin, feeling for a smooth surface, listening for a little clang, looking for a little bit of a glimmer, looking for this coin. Imagine this woman searching. Or imagine Alicia searching the house in a state of desperation, a state of despair and sadness because what she has lost it's really a part of her it's a part of her story it's a part of her family that earring has all kinds of value to Alicia this parable teaches us that God's children have all kinds of value to him they are a part of him they are part of his story They are part of his family. At least they should be. So picture God in a state of panic and desperation and sadness as he's looking for all of these things with his image on them that have been lost. Through this parable, Jesus is telling the jealous Pharisees that these sinners that he is eating with have all kinds of value to him. He's telling them. God cares about them. God loves them. And so should you. In fact, how much more valuable are human creations to God than a coin is to a woman? So what happens here is Jesus has issued an amber alert. And he is asking that his church join him on his search for God's lost children. My question for us to think about today is, do we share the same urgency as this parable communicates in looking for those lost children? In the second half of the parable, we find another emotion. We get a glimpse into heaven again of the emotions. When the coin is found, the woman calls up all of her friends and she says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. You see, when you find something that's been lost... 
It is exhilarating. It's just like when Alicia found her lost earring. Her reaction was to text me. She had to tell somebody about it. You can't share joy all by yourself. It must be done in community. When you throw a party, you don't just invite the cat and the dog. You call your friends and you invite your human friends and you celebrate. Now, I don't think that I have to persuade you much um, to let you know that celebration happens in community. But here's the deal, church, and this is this is what I want you to realize today. When I was looking for my tackle box and when I was looking for my football, I got to the point where I wanted some help. And Alicia probably could have used some help looking for her earring. I think an important part of what this parable communicates to us is that it's easy to find help celebrating. It's easy finding help to party. But it's not so easy finding help looking for something that's lost. Because searching for something that is lost can be frustrating. It's difficult. That's the hard part. Jesus says to his disciples just a few chapters earlier in Luke chapter 10, he says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Do you ever think that Jesus felt like he could have used some help when he was here on earth on reaching the lost? I think that's exactly what he was telling the Pharisees. He's looking at the Pharisees over here saying, hey, you guys are pushing people away, creating distance between yourself and these people. And I'm over here trying to bridge this gap that you've created, trying to draw them closer to me. I could use some help over here. You guys are doing it all wrong, Pharisees. And he was doing it with a sense of urgency, as if rescuing somebody from a burning building. Well, I still haven't found my football. I know it still exists. It's somewhere out there collecting dust. However, I've pretty much given up my search for it. When was it that the woman gave up her search for the lost coin? It wasn't until she found it. Because that coin was that important to her. That means God's lost children are that important to God. He's not going to give up until they're found. That's how important repentance is. God is diligently searching and he has established his church to help him on his mission. If you have not joined God on his mission of finding what was lost, maybe today is the day where you think about ways where you can do that. Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it at the gym? How can you join God on his search for those lost coins, those lost things with God's image stamped on them? The Pharisees, they were too blinded by their pride and their self-righteousness to care about the lost of the world. The Pharisees, they actually thought that they were the most important people on earth. As Christians... We are told in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. If you are a Christian here today, you are very special to God, very important to him. But if you think that you are the most important thing to God, I've got bad news for you. Because it's the lost coin, the lost sheep, the sinner out there somewhere that doesn't know God yet. That's who's most important to God. And that's who should be most important to us as well. And remember that you too were once a lost coin sitting somewhere in the dark. Until one day, God's light swept over you and aha, you were found. If you're here this morning and you feel like a lost coin collecting dust in the dark. My prayer is that you find Jesus here today. Actually, my prayer is that Jesus finds you here today because he is diligently searching for you. Yes, you. Whatever your need is today, I would encourage you to repent if you need to repent of an old lifestyle and turn to God, because with God, it's not just the life that you lead. It's a super abundance of life. Whatever your need, please come as we sing our next song, our invitation song. Let's stand and sing.